Talk to my friend Drew Ellis. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. Diehard conservative to this guy for wisdom. How's everybody feeling out there? Have we, have we come down from the news yesterday about Tucker Carlson? Are we still upset? I've kind of accepted it myself, to be honest. Although there are a bunch of theories swirling out there. The intrigue hasn't gone away. Now the question is, what the heck happened? And Tucker, I don't know if you've heard any of these theories circulating, Captain. But Tucker has said that Lachlan and Rupert, they want to sell Fox. So that's part of the reasoning behind getting rid of Tucker. Now, if that's true, which it may very well be true, um, this is a drudge report situation. Now, I've got, you know, I got people in the know, supposedly. Matt Drudge, he sold it. That, that's, that's what happened. That's the reigning thing that I've been told by people who claim to know these things. Matt Drudge sold out, sold the company. And obviously, if you, you know, I mean, Matt, Matt Drudge, the Drudge Report has become irrelevant now. It's, it's. It's, you know, it's, it's run by a bunch of lefties. So in that, if that's the case, you know, sure, they're going to sell Fox News and, I mean, <laughs> it's gone. I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. The, the other theory I heard was very interesting is, is surrounding Rupert Murdoch. And apparently Rupert Murdoch has an issue with spirituality. It, it, it creeps him out, freaks him out. I, I don't know his background. I don't know if he's a person of faith. I, I don't know if he practices any religion. Maybe some of you out there know more than I do about that. But w- from what I understand, apparently he, he's got an issue with it. And I didn't know this either. The old geezer was engaged to some woman earlier this year. In March. I think it was this year. Could have been last year. I'm not positive. It was in March. I'm pretty sure it was this March. And apparently this his fiance, Rupert's fiance, she had this uh well, she liked Tucker. She she called him a messenger from God. Big Tucker fan. And apparently they were at some dinner together. Tucker, the fiance, and Rupert, some kind of industry dinner. And Rupert's fiance. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. This this wouldn't bother me. It's kind of weird at a dinner. But anyway, she pulled out a Bible, apparently, and she started. I don't know why I'm laughing. I really don't know. She pulled out a Bible and she started reading from Exodus. I guess I'm just imagining, even as a even as a Christian, if I, if I was at dinner somewhere, I don't know any more details than this, but this is the, the hearsay. So they're sitting there at dinner and she pulls out a Bible and starts reading from Exodus. And and, and Rupert apparently just had a stunned expression on his face and it bothered him. And then th- three days later, he, he called off the wedding. So my point is, all that said, he's got an issue with this kind of overt spirituality and religion. And on Friday, coincidentally, Tucker gave a speech at Heritage or whatever. And I think he even prayed. I just heard clips of the speech. It was a wonderful speech from what I've heard. And then the, the, what I saw, I played a little bit last episode from it, but, but, um, Tucker said something really important. Captain and I actually had a conversation after the show yesterday about it because I was 
addressing the fact that really what we're engaged in, forget the politics, just focus on the fact that it's really a spiritual war, which the root of it is good versus evil, right? Chopping off a 13-year-old's wiener, that's evil. We're opposing that. That's good. I mean, it's a lot of things like that. I mean, it's just, it's just nutty. I mean, putting child pornography in elementary school libraries and then the left lies and says we're trying to ban books. Yeah, we're trying to ban pornography from being in libraries where our kids are in school. Is that controversial? Apparently, you know, the drag show readings for kids. You know, I mean, it's just, it's really insipid, honestly. But anyway, so Tucker made that point, a really brilliant point, an important point, a truthful point, that this is really a battle of good versus evil. And apparently, according to this source, that really ruffled Rupert's feathers. I guess maybe he had PTSD from his fiance, And so after Friday, he saw that and he kind of, that was the final nail in the coffin for him with regards to, to Tucker. But Tucker thought he was going to be on the air Monday. His, his team was ready to do the show. So obviously they did this in a way that was intended to stick it to Tucker. So it, it wasn't it wasn't a great breakup, if you will. I just want to touch on that. I thought it was interesting, to say the least. Now, the big news today is what? Well, it's no surprise, but it is news. Biden has officially announced his re-election campaign. All the speculation since... It is interesting. Most people thought he wouldn't finish his first term. There were a lot of theories out there about what was going to happen, that he was going to get in there, they were going to get rid of him. None of that happened. I mean, there have been a lot of wrong speculations about this particular White House, I got to say. And, and I, I, I said, I've said many times in the past that Kamala Harris was really the insurance policy to ensure that Joe Biden didn't get kicked out of office or impeached or sabotaged by Democrats because the only person worse than Biden is Kamala. So you don't want to get rid of Biden because if you get rid of Biden, you get her. And look, remember, she dropped out of the race, right? She put her hat in the ring for the nomination in 2020, and she was out of there faster than ice melts in the Sahara Desert. I mean, that's how fast she got in and out. I mean, it was really a record time. Nobody liked her, even in California. She's, she's, she might be less likable than Hillary Clinton, which is really says a lot. Because we saw how much people despised Hillary in 2016, obviously because Donald Trump won. So I've got some theories to to go through here with you. It's really interesting. I talked to a buddy of mine who's a who's a, a leading libertarian, and he had a theory I'll tell you about Biden. He doesn't think that Biden or Kamala are actually going to end up on the final ticket in 2024. I'll explain that in a minute. But it, but it's interesting. So Biden officially announced his reelection bid, and he. He put out a video to do it, announcing it, and it was just pathetic. It was pure propaganda, and it was lies. 
And what was really fascinating is that in this little campaign ad, the first of many to come, announcing his candidacy for re-election, there was not a single mention of any achievement. The entire ad was about what the Republicans are doing and what they're going to be defending. Now, normally, if you put out a campaign ad, it would be elect me. Well, it's interesting because at the end, he says his campaign slogan, I don't have it exactly, but it's something along the lines of we've got to finish the job. Now, the job that (laughs) he's pitching to the American people uh, is being mistaken. I mean, he is going to finish a job and that's going to be the complete destruction of America as we know it. Of course, his stupid constituents out there think he's actually doing something good for America, I suppose. But he didn't mention a single achievement. So, you know, usually when you run a campaign, it's look at all the things I've done. I have, you know, ended this war and I have record unemployment. I mean, this is how Trump ran in, in 2020. Obviously, he got screwed up. Some of it his fault by listening to the wrong people. I'm not going to get into that right now. It's irrelevant to what I'm talking about presently. But Trump had a record to campaign on. He still has a record to campaign on. The economy was booming. Record low black unemployment. I mean, the list is endless. I mean, peace deals in the Middle East. Things were remarkable before the COVID pandemic shutdown. They, they really were. And that, that's what's just amazing about this whole thing. We can get into it time and time again. But, you know, Trump's president, things are going great. But the media tells you they're so bad. And people believe they're bad, even though their personal experience tells them the opposite. And that's why I say the, 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 the real cult, and that's a talking point from the left, too. Trump is a cult leader. We're a bunch of cultists. No, we're not. You are. You are. I mean, the the Democrat voter has been convinced to give up their own penchant for rational thought. They cannot think independently anymore. So they stand outside and it's raining and the Democratic Party says it's sunny outside. They're drenched. They're wet from the rain. And they're sitting there saying, oh, the sun feels so good on my face. I mean, that is how bad it is in America. And they're gaslighting. And it's just... I mean, I need to bring on a psychologist or a shrink on this podcast to really talk about this issue because I can't under, I don't understand it. I, I really don't. I mean, I guess you just have to be a nutty person, kind of an insane person to think this way, to think that things are going well for the country, to think that things are better under Biden than they were under Trump. And that's the thing. 2024 is so different because, because of the circumstances, right? The shutdown and the pandemic and all those lies about death and destruction because of the virus and it's Trump's fault and he's got blood on his hands. Well, it's a different scenario this time. So I really think the central campaign message from Trump, if he's if he ends up being the candidate, which I, I think he will be, I do sincerely. It's it's look, you tried something different. You tried Biden. And things are worse. So now let's go back to what we know worked. I think that that's a winning strategy to me. You just have to remind people of the gas prices, of the economy, of all those statistics. 
of the fact that we weren't engaged in, engaged in any wars. There was no Russia-Ukraine war. None of this was going on. France wasn't an ally of China. That's happened under this administration. Literally, there is not a single thing that has improved under Joe Biden. In fact, I would say there's not a single thing that hasn't been destroyed under Joe Biden. There's not a single thing under this presidency that hasn't gotten worse. Think about that for a second. You can't point to a single thing that has been left alone. The devastation and the destruction has been massive, massive, affecting everything from the economy to politics to the civil society, all of it, all of it, just sickened by this cancer. So anyway, he's not running on anything except we're protecting democracy and Trump is Hitler. I mean, that's it. Again, same crap. But here's the thing. 70% of Americans in the latest poll, 70% of Americans do not want Joe Biden to run for re-election. 70%. I mean, you would think that that statistic would scare you if you're running a candidate. A majority of Democrats don't want Joe Biden to run for re-election. And that poll's more important than the national 70% of Americans because you're just talking about Democrats. In a poll of Democrats, a majority of Democrats don't want Joe Biden to run for re-election. And if, if I'm a, a Democrat voter, it would bother me. Because obviously, the people pulling the strings have an agenda that's different from even their voter. They don't even care about the Democrat voter. The Democrat voter says, we don't want Joe. And the Democrat party says, you're getting Joe. So anyway, he's announcing. Now, there is, well, today was the first day of a trial in Manhattan that is accusing Donald Trump of rape. This is what I promised to get into yesterday. Now we're going to talk about it today. And there's no one better to talk about this subject than me. Now, before I get into that situation, I just want to whisper two words. Tara Reed. You know those two words? Tara Reed, speaking of rape, sexual assault. Well, this is a tale of two rape accusations. One against Donald Trump and one against Joe Biden. So Tara Reed, she was a former Senate aide. She worked for Joe Biden, Senate aide to Joe Biden. And she accused Biden of sexually, sexually assaulting her back in 1993. You might remember this. This came about a few years ago. And Tara Reid recalls, says that Biden back then in 1993, he pinned her to the wall and he penetrated her with his fingers. And one of Reed's friends corroborates the story. She wasn't there, but she has said that she recalled Reed telling her the details at that time. 
So there's somebody who is a witness in the sense that she can attest that Tara Reid in 1993 told her back then that it happened. And uh, Tara Reid, you know, she filed a police report back in 2020. After the fact, the reason she did that, uh, anyway, it's irrelevant. But the, the, she also says she filed a complaint back in 1993 and the Senate just coincidentally can't locate it. They haven't said it doesn't exist, but the Senate can't locate it. Interesting. And seven other women, by the way, have come forward and alleged incidents of Joe Biden touching them or kissing them in ways that they believe were inappropriate, that made them feel uncomfortable. And how did the media respond to Tara Reid's allegations? Did they have sympathy immediately? Did they say, oh my gosh, Joe Biden's a monster? Oh my gosh, Joe Biden... We need to put him on the back burner and we need to possibly impeach him over this. Was that the response? I, I don't recall. I don't think that happened, did it? Just check, Captain. Did that happen? I don't remember this being blown. Oh, no, okay, okay. That's right. Actually, I remember what the media did. I remember what they did. And I researched this today. I looked into it. I looked, I looked for what the same media outlets that are covering this case against Trump alleging rape, I looked at how they covered Tara Reid. And you know what they did? They treated, they gave her the Clinton treatment. And by Clinton treatment, I mean Clinton is the one giving the treatment, right? When credible accusers came forward and talked about how Bill Clinton had at various times when he was attorney general of Arkansas, when he was governor, when he was obviously president, that he had sexually assaulted and even raped these people, these individuals, Juanita Broderick, right? All these names, as many of them. Well, Hillary Clinton didn't care about the women that came forward with those complaints. No, no, no. She went on a campaign to threaten them. She sent her surrogates after them to threaten them. And we know the Clinton body count, right? A lot of dead people around the Clintons. It's very odd, isn't it? But anyway, with Tara Reid, she's coming forward. It's been 30 years, but she's coming forward with these complaints. She's got a friend who says, yeah, Tara Reid told me about this back then. I remember it. And the media attacked her attacked Tara Reid. They didn't take her seriously. In fact, they went and dug up text messages she'd sent. They dug through her bank records. She had filed for bankruptcy. They used all these things to portray her as somebody that was irresponsible. They interviewed people who would come forward and were willing to say that they believed Tara Reid was uh, manipulative. So they painted her as a liar. They used all these things to paint her as a liar and to discredit her. Now, why do I say that? Because we have, in some ways, a nearly identical situation here with Donald Trump and this hack, E. Jean Carroll. So, E. Jean Carroll, she alleges... That in Berg, Bergdorf Goodman, I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's still there, I believe. When I lived in New York, Bergdorf Goodman, I mean, it, it's like, it's the top of the top in terms of department stores. It's, it's elite level. It's where the ultra wealthy like to go and shop. Personal shoppers and so on and so forth. It, it's Nordstrom on steroids. Neiman Marcus on steroids. So this woman, Carol, and of course the media's, likes to point out she's a journalist and an author, right? Trying to give her credibility. 
No one's heard of her, but she's a journalist and an author. Well, so she accused Donald Trump of raping her in a dressing room at the Bergdorf Goodman department store in Manhattan sometime between the fall of 1995 and spring of 1996. Let me say that again. So she says she was raped by Trump. She can't, of course, right? This is just like, just like who? Brett Kavanaugh's accuser, right? She could not specify the date. She got the details wrong. She said things that were conflicting and contradictory, but she couldn't remember. So she's raped. She, I mean, you. let me point something out first about this. That's so obvious. So E. Jean Carroll says she was raped in a dressing room by Trump sometime between the fall of 1995 and spring of 1996. Well, what was the weather like? New York City has extreme seasons. Were you cold? Was it raining? Was the sun shining? You see, these are things that even if it was 30 years ago, you could start to put together and recall. Were the leaves changing colors? See, these are indications, and New York is always the same in that regard. It's freaking cold in the winter. It's freaking hot in the summer. You got like one month of nice weather, and that's the fall. Maybe another month in the spring. So she, she, she's, she's raped by him, and she's so... I mean, think... Anyway... Obviously, Trump denied those allegations. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing about this. E. Jean Carroll. She's filing this. This this is happening in New York City. New York City has a statute of limitations. Three years. This happened... Sometime in 1995 or 1996. Well outside the statute of limitations, correct? Is my math right? 1995 to today, Captain? That's more than three years, right? Maybe at a zero, 30 years. So get this. Get this. So how is it possible she's doing this? How is it possible that this is going to trial right now? Well, Hochul, in 2021, passed something called the Adult Survivors Act, which gave a one-year window from November 24th, 2022 to November 24th, 2023, where the statute of limitations for civil claims of sexual assault was lifted. Now, what I would suggest and present to you is that just like all these other schemes and plots by the Democratic Party to get Trump, this act was not passed to help all the women of sexual assault. The Me Too movement was before this. Before this. So if this law hadn't been passed in New York, this trial wouldn't be happening and the Democrats wouldn't have a story that Donald Trump had raped some woman. Do you see how conniving they are? Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just a coincidence that E. Jean Carroll 
wanted to bring forward a rape allegation and the statute of limitations prevented her from doing it. And everyone knew about the story because she was in the media talking about it in 2019. And then separate, unrelated to this, Hochul and the Democrats just happened to pass this law in New York that gives you a one-year window to go back and get somebody like Trump for an accusation like this. You decide. I don't know. I don't believe in coincidences with the Democrats. So anyway, of course, the, the left is trying to build E. Jean Carroll up as some kind of credible individual. And she's absolutely not. I mean, I, you know, this is back from 2019. Because E. Jean Carroll first made these allegations in 2019. And you know what was, what those, so why did she come forward in 2019? Well, Trump ran for office in 2016. She didn't come forward in 2016 with these allegations. Why not? I don't know. She didn't do it in 2017. She didn't do it in 2018. She did it in 2019. What happened in 2019? They just suddenly gave E. Jean Carroll the urge, the conviction to finally come out and tell the media and the public about the rape of her by Donald Trump 30 years before. Well, she published a book. She published a book in one of the chapters. She claimed that Donald Trump had raped her. So she wanted to sell books. That's really what it comes down to. All right. Now, I want to play a couple clips. I want you to think about this. This is the woman that was permitted to bring this case against Trump. Now, no media organization would even print the story. In fact, E. Jean Carroll back in 2019, because this was such a toxic story, with such repercussions if they couldn't prove it, E. Jean Carroll was forced to write her own op-ed about it, what happened to her. Okay, so no... Well, they're not even reputable, but not even the Slimes, New York Slimes or anybody would pick this up. So cue up cut one, Captain. This is E. Jean Carroll with Lawrence O'Donnell in 2019 talking about what happened to her and saying that she would not be pressing charges, would not be suing Trump over this or bringing a civil suit or whatever this even is. Go ahead and play cut one, Captain. Go. Would you consider uh, bringing a, a rape charge against Donald no. Trump for this? Why not? I would find it disrespectful to the women who are down on the border who are being raped around the clock down there without any protection. They're young women. They've, you know, tried to come into the... They're, they're, as you know, they're there by the thousand. The women have very little protection there. It would just be disrespectful if I, you know, and mine was three minutes. I'm a mature woman. I can handle it. I can keep going. You know, my life has gone on. I'm a happy woman. But for the women down there and for the women, actually, around the world, you know, in every culture this is going on, no matter high in society or low in society, it just seems disrespectful that I would bring a it just doesn't make sense to me. I, I, I don't mean this disrespectfully, or maybe I do. Does that not sound like a lunatic, like a total crackpot, Captain? Why? Okay, Trump raped you, you say, 30 years ago. Are you going to bring charges or whatever? No. Why? Well... A lot of people in the world are being raped right now, and it would be disrespectful for me to 
bring a case against Trump for raping me when so many women are being raped right now. What? What? So that's her in 2019. And fast forward now to 2023, given the opportunity presented by New York, lifting the statute of limitations for a one-year window, and now she's changed her tune completely. Now, this will make you sick. Now, play cut two. This is on Anderson Cooper. This is E. Jean Carroll as well. And I just want you to ask yourself a question as you listen to this. Does this sound like somebody who was raped by Donald Trump? Because she seems to, well, you'll hear her say at the end. Uh, Just play the clip, Captain. Play it. This is unbelievable. Go. I always think back and think, that was the stupidest thing I've ever done. I should never have done it. And then I didn't behave. When you say I should have never done it, you mean? That was just a dumb thing to go into a dressing room with a man that I hardly know Mm. and have him shut the door and then be unable to stop him. And um, I was a competitive athlete, so I wasn't like a, I didn't freeze. I I rose to the occasion and um, it did not last long. And that's why I don't use the word you just used. I use the word fight. You don't use the word rape. Sexual violence is in every country, in every strata of of society. And I just feel that so many women are undergoing sexual violence. Mine was short. I got out. I'm happy now. I'm uh, moving on. Um, And I think of all the women who are enduring constant sexual violence. So this one instant, this one, what, three minutes in this little dressing room, I just say it's a fight. That way I'm not the victim. Right. I'm not the victim. You don't feel like a victim. I was not thrown on the ground and ravished, which the word rape carries so many sexual connotations. This was not this was not sexual. It just it it hurt. It just what it just, you know, I think most people think of rape as a I mean, it is a violent assault. It is not. I think most people think of rape as being sexy. Mm. What? Most people think of rape as being sexy. I've never met anybody who thought rape was sexy. What kind of pervert? Well, I mean, she is a Democrat, right? So they might hang out in a different circle than people like us, right, Captain? I mean, my, my friends, people I hang out with don't go around saying rape is sexy. I mean, that's that. But, you know, these are the guys that are the pro-pedophiles. These are the guys who are pro-grooming. These are the people who are fighting for the right of teachers to talk about sex and gay stuff and lesbian stuff and anything they want uh, to kindergartners and they want to put pornography in front of them. They want them to go to little drag shows. So, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe they do think rape is sexy. I don't know. That's bizarre to me. That's gross. But, you know, here's, here's the thing too. So she accused Trump of this back in 2019, I think, right? And, and, and Trump said she was a liar And then she sued Trump for defamation. I I mean, are you you fathoming this right now? Like, so she has no proof of this whatsoever. 30 years ago, she says this happened. There's no witnesses, nothing like, I mean, you're in a department store. And 30 years ago, Bergdorf Goodman, I guarantee you, was a happening place. It was a different time, if you will. And, you know, it was all brick and mortar. 
So a salesperson wasn't in. I mean, nobody was there. Nobody saw you come out of that. I mean, there's no one to come for. I mean, just crazy. Just crazy to me. So, um, you know, I mean, imagine that. Accuse somebody of rape and then sue them for defamation when they say, I didn't rape you. <laughs> this, is, this is the nutty world we live in. Um, so yeah, anyway, so that, that, so, so I just want you to know that's going on right now. And I, I think that Takapina, Trump's lawyer, uh, made a lot of these probably points that I made here. And the, the, the left, of course, is hinging on the fact that they've generated so much negative publicity for the president that hopefully this jury are all a bunch of anti-Trump, Trump haters, and they'll find him guilty because they don't like him. And the other, the other problem is the left has talked about the access Hollywood stuff. I mean, Trump's never been caught doing anything, actually. But they've put it out there. And, and this is why they're going with this kind of case, because they have painted Trump as somebody who was in a sexual assault or whatever else. It, it, it's just astounding to me. I have to bring this up again. There is a diary written by Ashley Biden, Joe Biden's own daughter. And in that diary, she writes that she recalls as a child, her father, Joe, showering inappropriately with her. Now, I don't know what that means. I'm not going to be, you know, but I think that that's alarming. What does that mean? Showering inappropriately. And what's incredible is if you bring this up to anybody on the left, they'll, they'll go to some fact checker or whatever else who says it's not true. And the fact check is, an, is a lie on this. They say this isn't her diary. It's a, it is her diary. And you know how I know it's her diary? Because the two girls who took the diary were prosecuted over it. And I think I might have said this last time, but the judge said that it was Ashley Biden's diary. And the FBI went after it. The FBI went after Project Veritas. They went after anybody who had this diary, which is proof that it's real. If it's a hoax, if it's not real, you don't try and acquire the property. I mean, the FBI got involved in this? Are you, are you kidding me? So anyway, so there, there, there she is. Very, very credible. All right, back, back to this amazing campaign. Joe Biden. And then I'll get into my theory. Don't you worry. Cue up, cut, three, Captain. This, this guy, Joe Biden, is the biggest liar on the planet. It, I Again, maybe I, I got to get a psychologist. I got to talk to a shrink. I, I don't understand this. He lies about everything. And I'm not just talking about... I mean, I, I understand. I mean, it's disgusting. But I understand him lying about the Hunter Biden laptop. I understand Joe Biden lying about the economy. I understand Joe Biden lying about his record 
because he's a politician. And that's what these sleaze bags do, especially if you're a Marxist like a Demo- like the Democrats are. And they're trying to intentionally destroy the country. And obviously they can't come out and tell you that's their purpose. They have to lie about it, right? So I get it. But when it comes to your personal life, things that don't even matter, that nobody cares about, why do you lie all the time? He lies about his history. He lies about... So here he is. You're going to hear him lie even. Just play the clip, cut. Play the clip, Captain, and I'll, uh, I'll address it. This is crazy. Think about it this way. My grandpa, who I never met, he died in the same hospital I was born in two weeks before I was born. In the same hospital I was born in two weeks later. You know, we know when Joe Biden was born. We know when his dad... Okay. Okay, I, I just... I was born in the same hospital as my grandfather died in two weeks later. His grandfather died in Baltimore, Maryland in September of 1941. Joe Biden was born in November of 1942 in Scranton, Pennsylvania. It's not just wrong on a timeline. Like the whole thing's a lie. None of that happened. Why? I mean, why do you stand there and make up something about this with your grandpa? I was born in the same hospital my grandpa died in two weeks later. What? It never happened. How does someone's brain put that together? What what, what is somebody thinking when they stand before people and say something like that? What's the reason behind that lie? That's what I understand. Like pathological liar. Like what is this this need? There's got to be some explanation for this deep need to lie about everything with regards to your past and your history. Something he's trying to cover up. Something that's just, I don't know. This guy is a soulless person who's totally corrupt to the core, but he can't even tell the truth about his grandfather, where he died. And how does it, the thought not occur to somebody that if you say this, obviously you're going to be called out as a liar. Because people can look into and find out where your grandpa died. People know the year of your birth, Joe. So if I'm putting together this weirdo lie for any reason, I would think to myself, okay, well, if I want to lie about this, I mean, but he's never held accountable. I mean, this, but he does this like every single day, every time he opens his mouth. If he does complete a sentence, it's a lie. And that's rare. Completing a sentence, I mean. I don't. Do you understand it, Captain? Am I? It, it, I, I just. It's it's. It's a matter of just intense, intense curiosity to me. It just blows my mind. Hang tight. Okay. All right. So, Joe Biden who nobody wants to run for re-election. What is his record? Why are you voting for him if you're a Democrat? Let's just take a trip down memory lane here. I'm feeling nostalgic about the past two, two and a half years here. 
all the wonderful things that have happened to this country. Well, we had, um, actually, before I do this list, I have to tell this headline, tell you this headline, share this with you. It's related, I promise. So apparently, the Taliban, you heard that correctly, I'm talking about the Taliban. The Taliban has killed the terrorist who directed the attack, the suicide bombing, that killed 13 U.S. troops during the Afghanistan withdrawal. The Taliban killed the planner of the suicide bombing that killed American troops. This means that the Taliban has done more for Americans than the Biden administration. That's a fact. The Taliban has done more good for the U.S. under the Biden administration than Biden's done for the American people. And you have to recall, this is so important to point out because if you'll recall, during the botched Afghanistan withdrawal, after the 13 U.S. service members were murdered, A drone strike was ordered by the Biden administration and they claimed they killed two high-level ISIS-K planners, suggesting that they got the people responsible for this attack. Now, obviously didn't, but the Taliban was able to do it. But the Biden administration lied. The Biden administration killed innocent Afghans, including seven children in a drone strike. They murdered and slaughtered innocent civilians and then lied to the American people, tried to cover it up, and said they killed two high-level ISIS-K planners. This administration has so much blood on its hands. So in addition to Biden killing and slaughtering innocent Afghan civilians, in addition to Biden permitting the circumstances by which a suicide bomber could kill 13 U.S. service members. Joe Biden has also, via his open border, which has seen more than 7 million illegals invade our country, 7 million illegals under the Biden administration have invaded America. Well, 100,000 Americans now are dying a year from fentanyl overdoses, which is, which is coming across the border from Mexico. So that's 13 U.S. American service members murdered. That's 10 or so innocent Afghans murdered. That's 100,000 a year Americans, mostly young people, dying of fentanyl overdoses because of Joe Biden and his policies and his administration. Not to mention the fact that there's a war in Ukraine. And regardless of anyone's feelings or positions about whether we should be there, I guess my point is Russians have died and Ukrainians have died. Blood has been spilled. And it's because of this administration. There was no Russia-Ukraine war under the Trump administration. So that's more dead people. We have the worst inflation in 40 years. Our strategic petroleum reserves, well, they're depleted. They're almost gone. That's, that's great. And meanwhile, Joe Biden is waging a war to ban gas stoves and ban gas-powered vehicles. 
I don't think this gets enough attention or anger or outrage from the American people. I don't blame anybody. It's kind of hard to keep up with it. There's so many things happening that are just outrageous and, and dangerous, including AOC, who I'll play a clip from her in a second. But 2035 is the date that the Biden administration has ordered the EPA to phase out gas-powered vehicles. It's 2023. So in roughly 10 years, gas-powered vehicles are going to be banned in the entire United States if this administration gets its way. And I just, I think about my life in decades, kind of. I'm 36 now. When I was 26, I was living in Italy, or I just moved back to the U.S. from Italy, where I had been working, uh, whatever. I worked for Mark Jacobs. I was managing a retail store, opened it and whatnot. But, you know, 10 years flies by. And I guess my point is, right now, we're all just driving around our gas-powered vehicles. But in a decade or so, if this administration gets its way, you won't be allowed to drive that vehicle. They won't exist anymore. I mean, think about the wide-scale changes, and they're not for the better, and the climate change, man-made climate change is an absolute hoax. I should do a whole episode on that. Um, what other good things? France is now an ally of China. I mentioned that at the beginning of the show. Saudi Arabia, Iran, Russia, they're all allies. We have a new axis of evil that is moving against the United States of America. They're looking to replace the dollar on the world stage. We've got China looking to invade Taiwan at any moment. We've got Afghanistan, by the way, which has become a haven for terrorism again. So here we are back to circa 2001. We've got Biden who is sicking the FBI on Catholic churches, on pro-life advocates, on conservatives throughout the country. And we've got a military that can't meet its recruitment goals. And I'm as pro-military as you can get So I don't want anyone to take this the wrong way. And frankly, you can trust that I'm not saying something horrible because Captain, the producer here, is a military veteran himself. And I would never, ever, even if I did hate the military, I wouldn't say it to his face. I wouldn't say it to his face, okay? But the majority of the people who are being retained now, or the majority of people, I should say, who are actually attracted to the military are not people that you want defending your country. Because the objective has changed. These aren't people joining the military because they're patriotic. They're joining because of some woke agenda. They want to change the military, right? They want to be a part of this, introducing transgenderism and DEI and racism and critical race theory and all this to the military, all things that lead to failure and defeat. This is the legacy of Joe Biden, fighting to put pornographic materials in elementary schools, fighting for the right of 13-year-olds to chop off their little wieners without their parents' consent. That is the, those are the policies that this administration is so focused on. The economy? Oh, no, no, no. They want to create another housing crisis by basically giving people who can't afford things better credit. They want to get rid of credit scores. They want to get rid of the, the meritocracy completely. You've got Democrat-run states now who are getting rid of testing standards. They're not even requiring graduates to be able to pass tests that prove they can read or write. I mean, this administration is creating 
Well, they're creating a lot of murders too, right? They're they're the the trans killer that we just had in in Nashville, Tennessee. There, which by the way, where's the manifesto? The FBI has given us a little bit of information. You know what that information is? You're never going to get the manifesto. Stop asking about it. You don't deserve it. We're never going to show it to you. That's what. They, that's essentially what they've said. You're never going to look at it because it's too dangerous. I guarantee you, this manifesto has things in it that prove demonstrably that Democrat talking points created this killer. I guarantee you this manifesto is going to reveal really the perversion of the mind of somebody who buys that transgender orthodoxy. I guarantee it. And obviously, if it was going to be damaging to Republicans or conservatives or Trump, they would have released it immediately. But they're hiding it because it says something and speaks to the reality that the Democrats don't want to confront, which is the fact that they're creating killers. Yeah, I said it. And I mean it. You had the shooter at the bank. Did I talk about this? I don't remember if I did. He shot up the bank. Because he wanted to create a narrative that would help the Democrats grab the guns. He, he left that behind, essentially. The, 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 it's a little jumbled in my head. I, I said it better on Twitter a few days ago, but this killer, he supported the gun grab. And he thought guns were a problem. So he thought that if he shot up a bank... That would prove that guns are a problem. I'm not making that up. That's true. You can go, you can fact check me all day long. Go look that up. So that's another leftist, another Democrat who had the pronouns in his bio as well, by the way. But that's another Democrat who shot up a school based on a Democrat talking point. Now think about this. They tried to get Tucker Carlson a while back about white replacement theory or replacement theory, it's called, which is a Democrat objective. They do want to replace white people in America. They've admitted it. And the name for it is replacement theory. So we're just talking about something the Democrats are advocating openly. They've been openly talking about it for years. And the one killer at the, at the supermarket in Buffalo, one of his problems, which is not a conservative thing we talk about, was replacement theory. I mean, this guy was a racist and so on and so forth. And so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, replacement theory, black people aren't replacing... I'm not advocating anything, but I just want to say if, if, you're, if, you're, if your issue and your psychopath is replacement theory, I, I mean, it's the black community that they stick all the abortion clinics next to. The, 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 the black population is not going to overtake any other population anytime soon, is my point. I'm not happy about it. I'm just saying that's the reality. It's like 13% of the population. Replacement theory refers to immigrants how do I say this, Captain? Brown people? <laughs> Is that racist these days? Latinos? I don't know what that means. You know? As if they're all from the same country. But that's replacement theory. It's basically people coming from Mexico across the border illegally. And, uh, and you know, white people are no longer in the majority. So my, my point is, anyway, replacement theory, the guy goes and shoots up a, a, a supermarket and he's targeting black people because he's a racist scumbag. 
who's rotting in hell right now. Um, but the, the left used that because Tucker talked about replacement theory to say that we are responsible for that mass shooting. It's just sick how these people are. All right. Uh, cue up, cue up, uh, cut four first, Captain. So this is, um, this is the view. I just want you to understand who we're dealing with here. Tucker Carlson is no longer at Fox News. And you have a, I don't know if it's popular. Uh, I don't like to call it popular. Maybe 10 people watch, but they get a lot of play because they're controversial. That's kind of their thing. But Whoopi Goldberg and the, 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 uh, the, the, the clucking hen club, as I call them, the clucking hens at The View, this is their response on their show. Word has just come down that Fox News Media and Tucker Carlson have agreed to part ways. Well, thank you for your service to the network and host of the prior contributor. Wave. <laughs> come on, folks. Na, 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 na. responsible for the degradation that we see somewhat of our democracy in this country and I just think as a faithful person look at God look at God well in you know? Russian propaganda hardest hit I mean he's been the biggest yeah. purveyor of pro-Russian yeah. coffee yeah. yeah um so it's a good day for the Ukraine karma, karma doesn't Tomorrow, lose anyone's yeah. address no. so dare that skunk whoever that was invoke the name of God ever ever now, imagine if, so Don Lemon got axed on the same day. Now, imagine if the five at Fox News led the television audience or a crowd in na-na-na-na goodbye and celebrated Don Lemon what, being fired. What would the, this is the thing. So, Don't ask yourself ever, ever, ever what the left is going to say if you do something. Just do it. Just do it. Screw the left. Don't think about anything. They don't have any morals, no standards. They're the most evil, corrupt, horrible human beings on earth. I'm telling you, these are terrible, terrible, horrible people that would be happy if you were dead. They would not shed a tear. So anyway... Okay, let me get let me get to my, my Biden theory here. I'm sorry, I don't have a scrambled eggs brain like Biden. I just there's a lot of things I wanted to get to. And so I'm just gonna get through it. So this is a, a power five minutes here segment we're gonna get through. So Joe Biden is running for re-election. Nobody wants him to run for re-election. Now, 2024 is gonna be very interesting because like I said, it's not 2020. He can't really hide in the basement, although maybe he'll try and do that anyway. The DNC has announced they're not going to have any debates. They're cowards. And let me tell you something, too, because we're smarter than the left, and they'll never get me because they don't have my brain. People on the left are trying to say that, well, you know, we didn't have debates in 2020 with Trump. It's the same. It's not the same thing. I'll tell you why it's not the same thing. The RNC 
in 2020 didn't say we're not having debates. The states, individual states, decided not to have those primaries because there was no point. And so they, by virtue of saying Trump's going to be the candidate and they're not really being any effective opposition, there were no debates. But here you have RFK Jr. You have people who are very serious contenders and you have a situation in which nobody wants Joe Biden to run. So you have challengers stepping forward. And the DNC, not the states, the DNC is saying, we're not going to have debates. And they're doing this to protect Joe Biden. Now, here's the thing. It's possible that Joe Biden isn't going to make it even to 2024. And I'm not even, I I mean, look, it's just, I'm not trying to be an awful person. I'm not wishing harm. I'm just saying he's one fall away. I, I mean, it's just, Look, you know people this age. He'd be 86, I think, or whatever. You know people this age, right? And you see how frail he is. He's one fall away from just being out of commission. This is what happens. I've had elderly, you know, uh, grandparents and things like that. They get to this age, they're moving around, things happen, and, and they're out of commission. So he's very fragile. He's very frail, and his brain's not intact, as you as you heard earlier. So what if they actually plan to have what? So here. What if Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are both not on the ticket at the end of the day? What if it's Gavin Newsom? The way that would work is like this. They're not going to have any debates. They can hide Joe Biden all they want. They're already, there's one way to look at all these stories coming out. You have an IRS whistleblower who's about to blow the lid on Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. You had that CIA operative come out and admit that Joe Biden and his campaign interfered with the CIA by suppressing, actually lying about the Hunter Biden laptop, right? 51 IC members said it's Russian disinformation. So they interfered in the election. This information is coming out. I, the, the thing is, Morrell, that CIA, CIA agent, I, he wasn't obligated to answer that question. He wasn't obligated to spill the beans. So, you know, I mean, things are coming out now and they aren't looking good for Joe Biden. So I, I, I'm just I'm just telling you a theory. I, I'm not telling you this is exactly what's happening, but. I mean, this happened to, to Nixon, right? Remember Richard Nixon? Obviously, it was related to Watergate, but it was the, the, the if you lose the support of the party, right, of the House, of the Senate, you don't have a chance. And that's what happened to Nixon. They came to him and they said, hey, you've lost our support. You've got to step down. So he resigned. So there's always power brokers behind the scenes. And obviously, Gavin Newsom, it's been odd. It hasn't translated into any reason yet, but he's been acting like he's running for some kind of national election. Has he not? He's the only governor I know that's been going to other states, who's been going to Florida, who's, who's trying to make the case outside of California. And we know he wants it. So the point is, there could, there's no debates. And so if the Democrats are in the king-making business, they don't want Kamala Harris. So they could, they could tank Joe Biden. They could take him behind the scenes. They could say, hey, you got to step down because of health or whatever else. They're, they're still acknowledging that he's too old while pretending at the same time that he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. But you could get to a point 
closer to the election, and then you just substitute. You just stick Gavin Newsom in there. And we know the DNC can change its rules left and right. They've done it to fix things before. So I'm just saying there's a circumstance here where neither Kamala or Joe are on the ticket because realistically, they don't want Kamala down the road either. And she couldn't win a national election anyway. I don't think Gavin can either, but it still scares people. So I'm just saying that's a scenario that could happen. One more thing here. The United States of America, as much as the left uh, rewrites history about McCarthyism, and and let me tell you something. Given what's happening in the media landscape and all these people that are going after advertisers and stuff like that, uh, I mean, you know, one of the reasons... One of the reasons I do the Substack way with subscribers and things like that is, uh, I mean, personally, I mean, it's, it's a bigger discussion because Captain Captain ha- runs Right America Media, and this is a Right America Media show. And so advertising and stuff is important. I mean, it's just important anyway to be able to fund things. But what we've noticed and what I've noticed certainly is that you're not really safe. They can go after the advertisers, so on and so forth. And so people are moving to subscriber bases. And that's why I say, if I can remain independent or want to remain independent, it's subscription-based. And so that's why I say, if you like the show and you like some of the other things I'm doing, you just become a paid subscriber and do it that way. And the reason I mention the paid subscription thing now, in addition to my rationale behind it, remaining independent and kind of untouchable, if you will, is that I I think I'm going to do, for the paid subscribers, I'm going to do an episode with video and everything really educational and about McCarthyism because I think we need to have a discussion about what McCarthyism was because I've got an article. I ran across it from the Washington Post back when they did journalism. It's from April 14th, 1996. And the, the headline is, was McCarthy right about the left? Imagine that. And the article goes on to talk about how, yes, actually communists did infiltrate the government and they did infiltrate the Democratic Party. It wasn't just a, a blind witch hunt. It wasn't without cause. As a matter of fact, communists had infiltrated the State Department in America, and it's not gotten any change since. But okay, look, it's open season. The Democrats are, are really just pursuing any political opponents they can. And, and I just want to tell you, they went after Clarence Thomas, and now they've targeted Neil Gorsuch. Neil Gorsuch. So he's in their hairs too, in their crosshairs too. And, and I want to tell you how sick and perverted these people are. So Politico puts out a headline. Here's the headline. Law firm head bought Gorsuch-owned property. Do, do, does anything sound nefarious in there to you? No, because there's not. But they put it on it. They, they slap this on there. And the insinuation, because it's Politico or CNN, is that there's something wrong. And they go through this article, and they're trying to make this case against these justices. You see, they didn't do anything wrong. But they're suggesting something that wasn't wrong is an ethical problem. And what they're saying about Gorsuch is this. He sold a property he co-owned with two others nine days after his Supreme Court nomination confirmation. And the buyer was the CEO of Greenberg Traurig, which is a, a, a law firm. Now, Gorsuch did report the sale on his federal disclosure forms, but he didn't disclose the identity of the buyer. He's not required to disclose the identity of the buyer, so he didn't do anything wrong. 
And now Politico is running a story acting like he has some ethical problem. Now they go on and they talk about this huge firm. This firm's been involved in 22 cases that were either before or presented to the court. Now, in 12 of those cases, Gorsuch's opinion is recorded. And he sided with the Greenberg clients eight times and against them four times. He's never met the CEO who purchased the property. They don't know each other. And so the Politico runs this whole story acting like Gorsuch did something wrong. And then buried at the end, what do they say? Supreme Court rules do not prevent justices from engaging in financial transactions with people with interest in court decisions. But they want to say, and you know, and this is the thing, they have so much money and resources. Why aren't we digging into the left's bank records? I guarantee you we could dig up plenty of stuff about that group. Don't you think, Captain? All right, well, do this, Captain. I know I know, this one's running a little bit longer today, but it's okay. It's a great episode. Uh, we'll do Trudeau next time. I, I want you to hear AOC because this is somebody who we shouldn't take seriously in the sense that she's an intelligent person. We should take her deadly seriously, like a heart attack in terms of her being a monster. But this is her response to Tucker Carlson. Go ahead, Captain, go. Tucker Carlson is out at Fox News. Couldn't have happened to a better guy. Um, What I will say, though, is while I'm very glad that the person that is arguably responsible for the some of the largest driving some of the most uh, amounts of death threats and violent threats, not just to my office, but to plenty of people across the country, um, I also kind of feel like I'm like waiting for the cutscene at the end of a Marvel movie after all the credits have rolled, and then you see like the villain's like hand reemerge out to grip grip over like the end of a building or something. But deplatforming works, and it is important. And um, there you go; good things can happen. That is a, yep. That's somebody in the U.S. Congress. Somebody in the U.S. Congress is saying good things can happen because somebody on the opposite side of the political spectrum, who is a journalist, was canned. And they're taking the credit because they've been putting pressure on Fox News for years Years to discredit and hurt his reputation. And she says deplatforming is a good thing and they want to do, do, to do more of it. So for some reason, I wasn't able to do my show tomorrow. You know, the left looks at that as a victory. See, I don't look at it that way. I, li- I mean, Don Lamont can make a fool of himself all day long. And I sit here and I'll comment and I'll get the truth out. I mean, I have an issue with the propagandist media, but... What are you going to do? I mean, you have free speech in this country. You have to deal with it. But these people think like tyrants and dictators. All right. This is Drew Allen, your millennial minister of truth. God bless you all. And until next time. Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great 
young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. Has Drew Allen. I look to this guy for wisdom.